Well, go ahead and take your Bibles and go to the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 17. I've been pretty excited about this message. I've been planning on preaching this one for a few weeks and uh, I just said sometimes I get really excited about messing. Like, man, this is a good one. This is going to be great. And comes out and it's not that great. But hopefully uh, you will get the message of this uh, today. So I, I've been excited about it. I've been itching to preach it. And uh, we're going to read Acts chapter 17, verse 10. It says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men not a few. This morning I want to talk about taking responsibility with the written Word. I'm going to challenge you today to take responsibility with this Bible you have. And really what I'm going to encourage you to do and teach you today is way different than probably... I don't know, maybe 95% of the religions out there. We, it's uh, it, what I'm talking. What I'm talking about today. It's biblical. It's something that the Bible encourages. But very few religions, and even I'm sorry to say, even Baptist churches, I think sometimes don't encourage people to do this enough, and almost discourage it in a lot of what they do. But here we see a story in the Book of Acts where. You've got a group of people that they hear the Word preached. And boy, they received it. They were ready to learn. They were ready to listen. But they did something very important that God commended, and that was that they searched the Scriptures to make sure they were being told the truth. And I'm here today to tell you that that is something that everyone ought to be doing. When you hear, Just because you hear something preached, it does not mean it's true. Even if it comes from me, it doesn't mean it's true. You have a responsibility yourself to get into the Word of God and find out what it says and make sure what you're hearing is the truth. And you know the truth the truth is it hasn't always been that way. People weren't always able to just look and see what the Bible said. During I mean hundreds of years of our history, people did not have a Bible that they could carry around. Many times it was just the religious leaders. And it's it's true in our history that in so-called Christianity, there has been a lot of manipulation of people. There has been a lot of control in areas where they should not have been controlling people. And you know, Rosie O'Donnell, not one of my favorite people in the world, but she made a statement one time that caused a lot of controversy, that made a lot of people mad, that really, in a lot of ways, wasn't far from the truth. And she said that Fundamentalist, uh, fundamental Christianity has been responsible for killing more people than you know, fundamental Islam. And I think said in that it's like I can't believe she said that. You know, fundamental Christians they don't kill anybody. Well, I think she groups all the Christians in together, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, Baptist. And the truth is, in the name of Christ, there has been many massacres over history. The Inquisitions those were done in the name of Christ. Even guys like Adolf Hitler thought that he was doing a Christian service by killing the people who killed Jesus. And we know that what those people did was not biblical at all. What Hitler did was far from biblical. What happened during the Inquisitions was very far from biblical. But at the same time, 
Many of the people that were in those churches, how were they supposed to know? They didn't have a Bible to check out what these people were telling them. In the Catholic Church for many years in their services, they would do everything in Latin. And the people didn't know Latin. So they get up there and they say something in Latin. They're reading out of this big fancy Bible. Man, they're reading out of the Bible. They just said something that sounds really cool. Well, what does that say? Well, that means you've got to give us money if you want to get your family out of purgatory and keep them from going to hell. And people did it. People did all kinds of crazy things that religious leaders told them to do because they didn't have a Word of God. And there was people throughout history... I want to tell you about just one guy. I love this I love this guy. I love some of the quotes that he has. One especially. It just gets me excited when I hear this quote. But thank God there were people in those some of those false religions that did know how to read. They know how to read in some of those languages. And they read the Scriptures and found out what was being taught in the churches was not true. And these men, they they were the ones that brought about the Reformation and different things. And many of these people died because they read the Scriptures. They found out what it said. And many of them died because they dared to try to translate the Bible into English so English people could read it and understand it. And one of these men was named William Tyndale. And just a brief history about Tyndale, uh, when he began to translate the Bible, he said, I intend to translate the Bible into English and I will be burned at the stake for it. He began his translating in the home of John Walsh called the Manor House. He was tutoring John Walsh's children. John Walsh's house was a mansion and the great room was used to entertain such people as Henry VIII and his wife, Anne Bolin. He also entertained religious leaders. One time, he was having the bishop for dinner. Tyndale and the bishop got into a heated argument. I just love this. If I would have been in that room after he said this to the bishop, I'd have probably started jumping up and down and cheering. I love what he said. I can just picture it. You got Tyndale. You got this religious leader. This individual that people respect to what he says in people's minds. It comes from God. I mean, this guy, he is the authority on these things. And Tyndale, he stands up and says to that bishop, if God spare my life ere many years, I will cause a boy that driveth a plow shall know more of the Scriptures than thou dost. I love, I love that statement. You know what Tyndale is basically saying? I'm going to get the Bible into the hands of the common man. And you know what? They're going to read it. And when they read it, they're going to know more than you do because it's clear what was going on in religions in those days. They were not following the Scriptures at all. And they got away with it because people didn't have a Bible to read. They didn't have a copy in their home. Only the people way up there in high places had it. But during many of the years when he was translating, he was persecuted and hounded. But in February 1526, he completed his Bible and smuggled it into England and the Reformation was on. Why would people be so scared of somebody translating a Bible? Why would they be so scared? Especially religious people who were the ones in charge during this time. But he smuggled it in. The penalty if caught with the Tyndale Bible was death and the least imprisonment. At this time, there was a great persecution in which hundreds of thousands were killed. Not by atheists, but by religious leaders. Finally, Tyndale was arrested in Brussels, Belgium, and placed in the dungeon where he suffered extremely. Here's a copy of a letter he wrote while in prison. 
I entreat your lordship by the Lord Jesus, if I am to remain here during the winter, you'll request that I be brought enough of my goods to have a warmer cap, for I suffer extremely from cold in the head, being afflicted with perpetual cough, which is considerably increasing in this cell. A warmer coat also for what I have is very thin. My shirts are worn out. There is in my goods a woolen shirt, if you'll be so kind to send it. I wish to have a lamp for reading in the evening, for it is wearisome to sit alone in the dark. But above all, I beg and beseech your clemency to be urgent that the Lord may kindly permit me to have my Hebrew Bible, my Hebrew grammar, my Hebrew dictionary that I may spend my time with the study and the translation. Well, even while he's there in prison, he just he wants to work on this translation. He just wants to work on getting an English Bible into the hands of people. Tyndale spent 18 months in the dungeon and then was burned at the stake. During that time, he won the keeper of the prison and many of his household. He won the guards who cried, teach us about God and the way to God. Word came that Tyndale was to be burned and the guards said, if William Tyndale was not a Christian, then there is no such thing as a Christian on the face of the earth. Tyndale was chained to the stake and set on fire. In an act of mercy, they ordered him to be strangled before the fire began to burn his body. As the soldier with a leather cord began to slowly choke the life out of Tyndale, he cried, O oh God, open the eyes of the King of England. That was in the year, that was in 1500, about 1526. Not many years after that, in June of uh, 1566, a man who became King James was born, who had a desire for there to be a good, accurate, Translation, a translation to end all translations, they called it. And for the English speaking people, and there in 1611, we have the Bible that we hold in our hands today. God answered William Tyndale's prayer. William Tyndale, his work, his translating that he did, it was very instrumental in helping the translators of the Bible that we have today. We need to be thankful for men like William Tyndale and what they did and their sacrifice. And these guys, guys like him, there's many others in history that were instrumental in getting our, us a Bible. They did it because it bothered them to see the way people were abused and the way they were manipulated by religious leaders. They didn't want it to be that way. These people were being lied to and they thought if people could just have a copy of the Word of God, if they could see for themselves what was in the Scriptures then they would not be deceived. And yet at the same time, we live in a day where so anybody can get a Bible. You can get Bibles cheap. And yet today, people seem to be as much or more deceived than they ever were. And I believe the reason for that is people, they're just not taking their responsibility with the written Word of God. It's the responsibility of the individual to learn the Word of God. I hope you all learn a lot coming here to church and listening to the preaching. I do my best to try to teach. But the truth is, it's up to you to study yourself. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. A workman needeth not to be ashamed. It takes work. It takes time. You've got to study the Bible. You've got to get into it. You've got to read it. You've got to I mean, pray about it. Ask questions. Talk about it. I mean, do whatever you can to learn what's in these Scriptures. To get it into your head. To get it into your heart. It will protect you from that. You won't be able to be 
manipulated. You won't be able to be deceived by those in high places because you know what the Bible says. I've heard people, sometimes even Baptist people, will say this. A Baptist preacher will get up and he will talk about his years of experience. He will talk about all of his degrees and things that he has. And you know, congratulations if he has those things. And then he'll tell he'll seem to use all that to basically say that he's a better authority on what the scripture says than you are. But the truth is, all you really need to do is know how to read. And if you know how to read, you can see what the Bible says for yourself. And I don't care how many degrees somebody else has, if he had if he says something contrary to what the word of God says, then I don't have to listen. I don't have to follow what they're teaching. It doesn't matter how many years he's been doing it. I know how to read. I mean, you can argue with people sometimes about something doctrinally. Well, I've been doing this for so many years. Yeah, but I know how to read. Okay, I have a Bible in my hands. My IQ's you know two hundred. Yeah, but I know how to read. And the Bible says this. And I've and we if but if we've never studied it, how are we going to know what the Bible says? if we've never taken the time to read it. Pastors and teachers should teach the truth, but you know what? No one can guarantee that they will. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, if you want to turn over there, I want to read this passage to you. Listen, I have no intention of deceiving anybody here. I have no intention of manipulating anybody. But you know what? You don't know that for sure. You can't see my heart. You can't see what I'm really thinking, what's going on. And the Bible said in Matthew 17:15, "Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Every even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good fruit, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit." Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And one of the fruits that we can look at is are they is what they're teaching line up with the scriptures? If it doesn't, that's some bad fruit right there. Listen, there's some preaching that you're just you're not going to be able to do with this Bible. There are a lot of false teachings that are out there that. Uh, you cannot possibly get from a King James Bible. And that's why so few religions are using this. And they're trying to go to all these other translations. Because there's some things it's impossible to get from this King James Bible. You can't do it. You, You cannot have the belief that the Word of God is the final authority and teach some of the things that are being taught in churches today. You can't do it. it. Because unfortunately... People can read. And if you have the position in your church that hey, this King James Bible is the Word of God and then you're preaching doctrines of Calvinism things like that and they start reading their Bible, they're not going to listen to you anymore. I've never met a Calvinist that believed the King James Bible was the final authority and was an inspired, preserved Word of God. Never found one in my life. Because you can't read it and come up with that doctrine. I've never met somebody that believes you can lose your salvation and believes that we have an inspired, preserved Bible. You cannot read this Bible and think that you can lose your salvation or that you can work your way to heaven. It can't be done. But there are, there's going to be, everybody, all pastors and teachers should teach the truth, but you can't guarantee they will. There have always been people that have used the Bible and Christianity to control people. Matthew chapter 23. 
I'm not going to read the whole passage, but if you read chapter 23, uh, verses 1 through 15, it says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not after their work's sake, for they say and do not. What Jesus is talking about here, he's saying, hey, these scribes and Pharisees, these people that are your religious leaders, that are telling you what to do, whatever they tell you to do from the scripture, Go ahead and observe and do it. But don't do after their works. They say one thing and they do another thing. These, these people, they bind, he talks about them binding burdens on them that were heavy to be born. They won't lift it with one little finger of theirs. People have always done that. In churches, I mean, that, so that's, that's terrible. Nobody would do that. Yes, people would. They will use their position in a church. They will use even scripture to try to control and to try to manipulate people. I mean, can you imagine? We could probably get I could probably get a lot more money out of you if I could convince you that your relatives that may have died without Christ, that you could get them out of hell if you paid some indulgences to our church. You know, if you give so much money, we could at least get them into purgatory. And you know, you keep giving, we might even be able to get them into heaven. Well if I could convince you of that I think we could raise a lot of money. But you know what? That's going to be really hard to do when we've got Bibles all over this place that you all can get into and read. That's going to be very hard. I'm going to get exposed pretty fast if people read their Bibles. But if people don't, then I might be able to get away with it. Maybe I ought to try. No, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'd be wasting my time. But that kind of thing has been going on since the beginning of time. And many times it was because people didn't have a Bible. But it's still going on today even when people do. And it's because they're not reading it. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they were the religious leaders during Jesus' day. And they didn't even hardly know the Scriptures. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23-33, through they go and they're asking Jesus a question. The Sadducees who did not believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe in a spirit. They didn't believe in any of that. But it says, uh, they said, Master Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. And then they give this example of seven brothers that all married the same woman. They all kept dying before having a child. And they asked Jesus, so whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And they said this, not believing that there was a resurrection. But Jesus said to them, verse 29, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. You know what these people, the Sadducees' problem was? You know why they didn't believe in a resurrection? And why they didn't believe in afterlife and all that? Because they didn't know the Old Testament Scriptures. Jesus goes and basically He quotes Old Testament to them and says in verse 32, He said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Talking about when God, uh, God said that to Moses at the burning bush. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All they had to do was go back and look at that story that all the Jews knew and they should have known from that that hey, there is an afterlife. God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. But they didn't know the Scriptures yet. They were the ones telling everybody else what to do. And they didn't even know the Scriptures. Many of history's dictators mentioned have used religion to influence people. But none of these dictators' practices lined up with the Scriptures. And you know the truth is, I feel sorry for countries that are under dictatorships. I really do. I feel sorry for them. I pity them. 
But their followers at uh, those countries, those people put a lot of times put these guys in power at one time. They allowed them to come to power. You know, Hitler. There was, I think, there were some elections and things that he won. You know, they make they go and make promises and things, and then these people they go and give all this power to them. And you know what it does? It goes to their head and it creates a monster. And I think the reason there are some church leaders out there that are absolute dictators and totally gone off from the Bible is they've got all these people in the church that are basically giving them all this authority. You tell us what to do. You tell us what the Bible says. You tell us how to have a better life. You tell us, you know, they don't want to study for themselves. They don't want to find out. They just want somebody else to tell them what to do. You know, you get us into heaven. You know, you take care of our relationship, you know, with God. You do all of it, but it's up to the individual. And you know what? There's always been those in history that have been anxious to have somebody else do their job for them. And that's how dictators come into power. That's how come our government is as goofed up as it is today. We've got so many people that want other people to do their job for them. They want somebody else to provide for them. They want somebody else to take care of all their problems. They want somebody else to protect them. And you know what? If you tell me to pay all your bills and to protect you and to do every little thing for you, I'm going to start taking some control myself. I might start spying on you. I might start telling you, you know, what you can buy and what you can't buy and how much money you can make and what you can spend your money on. I might start taxing you and things. If you start asking me to do all the things we're asking people in our government to do. But our culture today is begging for the government to take over all their responsibilities. Hey, I got, I got kids. Uh, I got, I got five kids, another one coming. They're a lot of work. And they keep us really busy. I don't have time to do anything. I can't afford daycare. Alright, so, you know, I'm gonna vote for the politician that promises free daycare for all my kids. I can't afford my grocery bill. I'm gonna vote for the next politician that promises me, you know, more food stamps. I'm gonna vote for the politician that's gonna, you know, I'd like to have a newer car. Or I'd like to have a cell phone or an Obama phone. You know, (laughs) I mean, they use those things to get people to vote for them. And you know what? It's your responsibility to get all that stuff. I mean, there's people out there, if they were promised a PlayStation 4 by a politician, that's the one they're going to vote for. You know what? If you want one of those, fine. But go buy your own. Okay? Don't ask the government to do it. Don't ask somebody else to do your job for you. But our culture and people throughout history have always done that. They've just begged for somebody else to do their job for them. Cultures have always begged for religious leaders to take over their responsibilities when it comes to their relationship and responsibility with God. Well, yeah, I want to go to heaven, but you know, I'm not going to take the time to read the Bible and find out what I'm supposed to do. You know, Father, you know, can you just get me into heaven? Can you just, you know, what do I have to do? Well, come confess all your sins to me. And you know, you come confess your sins to me. You better not get out of line because I'm going to have quite a bit I can hold over your head. You wonder why these people don't ever leave those churches. I mean, you go tell somebody every little thing that you've ever done and then go against them. Um, you know, they're not going to do that. They're going to, they're going to keep listening. Hey, I know she haven't, I know she haven't given lately. I wonder if it's because of where you've been spending your money. I bet, you know, you don't want me telling your wife about that. You don't want me bringing that up before the whole church, do you? I mean, you think that stuff doesn't go on? It does go on all the time. And once again, it's because people did something that they, the Bible clearly does not want them doing. 
But there have always been times in history where people didn't have a choice because they didn't have access to the Scriptures and many religious leaders tried to keep it that way. So that's why they fought Tyndale so much. Hey, we've got one of our own, one of our religious leaders trying to translate the Bible into English. We don't want, if we, if we have a Bible in English, in our church services, the people are going to want to hear the Scriptures read in English instead of Latin. And if they hear what the Scriptures actually say, we're not going to be able to get them to do what we want them to do all the time. And that scared them. We can't have that. And so they did. You you get caught with a Tyndale Bible, you're going to die. Listen, there's plenty of books out there. I don't think people ought to read. Okay, I go into the bookstore sometimes. You go to the bookstore in the mall. They've got they like geared towards kids and teenagers. They've got all these new age witchcraft books, and that, that stuff's wicked. Okay, kids shouldn't be reading that stuff. But you know what? I'm not going to go to our congressmen and try to get them to ban all these different books and things. I'm not going to go out there and I'm not going to break into the store and burn the bookstore down. I'm not going to go out there and hold signs and protest and and do do anything like that. That's not what I'm going to do. Because so I personally, I, I'm just going to choose not to read it. Not to follow. I'm going to teach my family not to do it. The fact that those books are out there, I don't feel threatened by it because I know they're lies. And really... Truth is what scares people. That's why they do so much to ban the Bible and keep the Bibles out of school. But Harry Potter, that's fine. That's completely acceptable. But the Bible, we can't have the Bible. Why? Because truth is going to expose the lie. There is nothing that I teach. There's nothing I'm teaching my kids. There's nothing that I'm teaching in this church that any bookstore has that's going to expose a lie here. Because if I'm, if I'm preaching the truth, then those books, they don't threaten me one bit. But let me tell you, the Bible threatens plenty of people because it is truth. And especially those who want to control and those who want to manipulate. Though God's Word, it, it's what protects us from falling prey to the cults. Let me tell you, some of them cults out there, they're pretty slick. They know how to really tell a good story and sound really intelligent. But one cult, a big one, a very influential one. I mean, we had a candidate for president that was a part of this cult, the the Mormon religion. That it's that says I went on their website and looked it up. It's on their website, Book of Mormon. It came from an angel named Moroni. I think they should have dropped the eye from that name, just angel moron. And they went and Joseph Smith found it. They, this angel showed him where these gold plates were and he gave him these special magical glasses where he could look, wear these glasses and look at these gold plates and read all these words. And he wrote it down and that's where the Book of Mormon came from. Of course, they've had to update it several times because of all the mistakes that were in it because obviously Joseph Smith didn't know how to read very good because they have, they've updated it several times and changed it, but it supposedly came from an angel. And you know what's funny about that? The Mormons, they are King James Bible people. They only use the King James Bible and the Book of Mormon. Yet, in their King James Bible in Galatians 1.8 says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. 
As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now listen, I'll give them. Alright, fine. An angel came to Joseph Smith. An angel gave him magic glasses so he could read the gold plates and see the writing. Okay, fine. An angel did that. But according to the Bible, they should not have listened. They should have considered that accursed and not followed that. And yet, they did. And And let me tell you, that religion is very powerful in certain parts of this country. I said I've known we went and stayed with some people. They were Baptist people out in Idaho, very strong Mormon country. And in those places, you try to convert from Mormonism, there's a good chance you're going to lose your job because your employer's a Mormon. I mean, there's a good chance that you don't pay some of your bills on time. You're going to get foreclosed on everything because your banker is a Mormon. And man, they got a lot of control out there, and it is hard to get people out of that because they're under control, and yet. All they got to do is read the Bible, and it's going to totally, I mean, it's, it make it very clear that what's going on there is not truth. We, don't, we have an excuse not to fall prey to cults. Cult, many cults have been started by supposed revelations from angels. If I came and went to a lot of people and said, hey, an angel told me something, they're going to listen. Why? Because they don't know what the Bible says. They haven't read Galatians chapter 1. And that's not an excuse. We ought, we need to read it. And God put it there. We got to read it. But God's word, it's our weapon to defeat the devil. You know, we don't even have the excuse the devil made me do it. In Matthew chapter four, verse one through eleven, I won't take time to, to read all of it. But that's when Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And three times the devil tried to tempt Jesus. And you know what Jesus did every single time? He quoted Old Testament Scripture to the devil. He quoted Old Testament Scripture and the devil finally left him. He left him. That's how we get the devil to leave us alone. When he starts trying to tempt you to do something, maybe that you feel in your heart is wrong. Or maybe you know a Scripture verse. Like Use that Scripture verse. That's how we know. Hey, I don't have to do this. I'm not going to do it. This clearly is not coming from God. We talked about this on Wednesday the other night. Many people, they will talk about how the Holy Spirit told them to do some goofball thing. And you know what? The Holy Spirit never disagrees with the Word of God. It never does. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that the Bible says not to do and vice versa. They are always going to agree with each other. So when somebody says, hey, the Holy Spirit told me to kill this person. No, he didn't. Alright? Maybe some spirit told you, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Because the Word of God says, Thou shalt not kill. So we know that's such a we don't we don't have to fall for that. I don't care what you're feeling. I mean, man, I, I just really feel led of the Holy Spirit to punch brother so and so in the nose. He's really getting on my nerves. No, you're not being led of the Holy Spirit there. That that doesn't line up with the scriptures. So we know that's not we know that's not biblical, but if you don't know what the Bible says, if you don't know what it says, then you are going to just pretty much be led of your emotions. And that's why we have all the crazy things that are going on in the world today. We've got people pursuing lusts and things in their lives that are just uh, I mean, stuff we don't even want to talk about in church and they feel like it's completely right and justified because it's how they feel. I feel led of the Lord. I feel like God's okay with this. You do well, Why don't you read the Scriptures 
and see if you still feel that way afterwards. When you see what God really said. And not what some preacher told you God said. It's okay to listen to preachers, but do like the Bereans. you got to back it up. Hey, you know, the pastor said something really weird today. You know, I want to see if that's really in the Scriptures. You can't find it? Ask. Listen, I shouldn't be afraid of questions. Especially if it's about the Bible. I shouldn't feel threatened. There are some, there are some Baptist preachers. You bring up certain Scriptures, boy, they'll get all, they'll get all in a tizzy and upset. And, you know, well, you, you just need to listen to, listen to your pastor. Well, I'm supposed to listen to the Word of God first. You're supposed to listen to the Word of God first. You're supposed to preach the Word, not your own Word. And we don't have to be manipulated. We should not be controlled. We have no excuse. The only problem with the Word of God today is that people just aren't reading it. And we need to do like the psalmist said. He said, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Get this Bible in your head. We get a lot of it in our head and in our hearts in a church service. We get a lot of it in our songs. We're trying to learn the memory verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The song we've been singing at the beginning of the service says the same words. We want that song, uh, that verse in our hearts and in our minds. And we can do that through the singing, through the Scriptures. Um, you know, Reading it, we'll get it. Memorizing passages of Scripture. I mean, just the more of it that we get in our minds and in our hearts, the better off we're going to be. The more protected we're going to be from the false religions and the things that they're teaching that aren't true. There's some stuff that said that goes on out there that looks really good. It sounds really good. I mean, I listen. You know, you listen to uh, presidential debates. Okay. I mean, you got two guys on complete opposite sides, and you'll listen to the one give their spin on things, and you're like, "Wow, man, go ahead, raise my taxes, man. That, yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay more." But then you hear the other guy, and like, "Oh, yeah." You don't you dare raise my taxes. You better lower my taxes. You know, I mean, they're so good at making their making something sound good. But you know one thing that you never hear in presidential debates? You almost never hear any of them quoting the Constitution. You, you just don't do that. Whenever they start talking about morality and things, you don't ever hear them quoting the Bible. You hear them saying all these really feel-goody things that people are repeating all over the place. You go and you know, you see what people are discussing on Facebook and Twitter. It sounds like they're all saying the same thing. And man, it sure sounds good. It sure sounds all wonderful. But when you know what the Bible says, it just keeps telling you. that you know, I'll hear what they're saying and Scripture verses keep coming up. I'll hear some of these slick-talking TV preachers saying things sometimes and I'm like, wow, that sure does sound good. But you know what happens? A verse of Scripture pops up in my mind. And that verse of Scripture, it trumps what I'm hearing there. But if I didn't have that in my heart, if I've not heard that, if I've not read it, I'm going to hear what's sounding good and I'm going to go with it. And I'm going to listen to it. And that's what's happening to most people today. And I'm here today to tell you that you do yourself a huge disservice by not getting in the Word of God and not reading it for yourself. You are opening yourself up to control and manipulation that... You should not be in your life. God wants. God has given us the information we need to know. Okay, preachers, we don't have some hidden knowledge and some secret crystal ball that we can look and get information that you all can't. Okay, I'm using the same Bible that you are, and you know what? Uh, I don't feel threatened if you start studying it. 
I don't feel threatened if you know more of it than I do and if you've got more memorized because I'm just trying I'm trying to preach the word of God. And I'm scared to do any I'm scared to do anything else. And said so I, I like listening to other preachers out there, but once they start getting away from the Word of God, once it starts contradicting, I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care how popular they are. I don't care how... I mean, there's a lot of things we could probably preach that would make us our church more popular. We could probably get bigger crowds. But it doesn't line up with the book. And if we veer off from this, then we're just like all those groups like Tyndale dealt with back then that are just basically using people, trying to control, trying to manipulate for our own gain so we can feel powerful like we're on you know we're the the big boss that's not what it's about it's about obedience to God so let's all stand together our heads bowed and eyes closed